0: for All Saints Sunday is found in St. John's Gospel in the 11th chapter. When Mary came where Jesus was and saw him, she knelt at his feet and she said to him, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. When Jesus saw her weeping and the Jews who came with her also weeping, he was greatly disturbed in spirit and deeply moved. He said, Where have you laid him? They said to him, Lord, come and see. Jesus began to weep. So the Jews said, See how he loved him. But some of them said, Could not he who opened the eyes of the blind man have kept this man from dying? Then Jesus, again greatly disturbed, came to the tomb. It was a cave, and a stone was lying against it. Jesus said, Take the stone away. Martha, the sister of the dead man, said to him, Lord, already there is a stench because he has been dead four days. Jesus said to her, Did I not tell you that if you believed, you would see the glory of God? So they took away the stone. And Jesus looked upward and said, Father, I thank you for having heard me. I knew that you always hear me, but... I have said this for the sake of the crowd standing here, so that they may believe that you sent me. When he had said this, he cried with a loud voice, Lazarus, come out. The dead man came out, his hands and feet bound with strips of cloth, and his face wrapped in a cloth. Jesus said to them, unbind him and let him go. The Gospel of the Lord. may be seated. I want to stand here at this table as I preach today because I want to be reminded of all the communion that happens around God's great banqueting table. It would be nice maybe if this table was right out in the middle of the congregation, but I can see you all from this place at the table, and I can imagine that you are all gathered around it as one family. And it isn't only you that I see. Standing here, I can also see the pictures of these loved ones who still commune with us in ways that are hard to describe or understand, but are felt very deeply. With these and others on days like this, we feel their presence, don't we? Very much like we can often feel the presence of Jesus when we come and gather at this table each week. In our limited and fearful way of seeing reality, we often doubt whether that is true The death of our loved ones can feel instead like this this great barrier between us and them which just can't be breached. We sit at the kitchen table in our own home or the dining room table and oftentimes we just feel their absence more than anything else. We look at pictures and our hearts Ache with loneliness many times. And this is normal. We are human beings who are profoundly affected by what we see right in front of us and what we feel. But the prophets who speak to us in both of those first readings today help us to remember something much bigger, something different. And what they both promise us is that God is forever restoring that breach that separates us from one another, both in this life that we experience together here and in the life that is still to come that continues into eternity. And on All Saints Sunday, it's often that life that continues into eternity which we think about first, especially when names are spoken of people who have died or when we remember them in our hearts and when pictures are shared and stories are remembered. And as we gather around this table, I love the image of all of those who have gone before us being gathered and nourished by God at a great welcoming table, which truly does have room for all. None of them were perfect people like you and me, also are not perfect people. But Isaiah doesn't make any distinctions when he shares the news of who will be welcomed at God's banqueting table. On this mountain, Isaiah says, the Lord of hosts will make a feast for all peoples. I've often wondered about how his first hearers received that. All peoples would have also included the hostile enemies who had conquered them and occupied their land. It may have been scandalous to many people who heard Isaiah say this, but he made it clear that God was ready to prepare a rich feast for everyone and that God's intention was to gather all together as one. Maybe that's why we don't call this Some Saints Sunday. Instead, we celebrate God's grace and mercy that is given to all people in all times and places. And we recall God's promise to break down every barrier that separates us from God and from each other, both in this life, here and now, and in the one that is to come. So I stand here at this table, and I remember the welcome of God for every one of these beautiful people and all of the other ones that we remember today who belong to that much greater communion of saints. And when we come to this table today, we can each remember God's welcome of us. On this day, above all, it just all comes together so beautifully. Us with them, them with us, us with God, us with each other. It is all God's way of gathering us, uniting us into this communion as we feast at God's table of grace. But what happens when we go out these doors? and we reconnect with a world that is still so filled with exclusion in many forms and with barriers of so many kinds that separate us from one another here in this life, together as God's beloved people. In one scenario, we can go out through these doors and throw up our hands and say, you know what, the divisions are just too great for me or you to do anything about it. The estrangement that we feel from one another in this country is maybe beyond the hope of healing, we could think. We could look at it in the way that the family of Lazarus looked at his death in that gospel reading today. For them, the opportunity to bring him back into life had come and gone. If you had been here, Mary says, this wouldn't have happened. My brother would not have died. In other words, it's too late. The tomb is sealed. The chance for healing, gone. The hope of sitting around the table together again, lost. But Jesus loved his friends too much in this case to let this happen. They all saw his love when he wept with them over the loss of Lazarus. But they saw it even more clearly in his words and in his actions that followed. In this case, instead of letting Lazarus wait until the resurrection on the last day for which we all wait, Jesus called him back into community right then and there, into the community of his family, into the community of his village. Lazarus, he shouted, come out. And the young man came back into life. Not life in some other world, not life in some disembodied state. In this case, Lazarus came back into the life here that had been torn away from him into the relationships that had been severed. Lazarus came back into community, into interdependence with other people, and into a world where the power of love was still stronger than death. And for me, the most dramatic point in the whole story comes at the very end. There Lazarus stands, raised from the dead, but still bound in the cloths that had been tightly tightly wrapped around his body. With the power that he had just used, Jesus certainly could have just made those cloths disappear. But he chose a different path. Instead of doing this on his own, Jesus turned to the family and to the community and said, unbind him and let him go. Unbind him. Let him go. In other words, this is your work now, people. The task of reconnecting this young person to the community to which he belonged now belongs to you. The task of repairing the breach that caused painful separation is now the task of each and every one of you, Jesus says. And every time I hear that, I get a lump in my throat because I know that it describes the essence of our calling, every one of us. Jews call it tikkun olam, which is literally repairing the world. And it is sustained by every act of love, by you and me and any others this day. Every act of love that reconnects us to one another, and to creation in a hopeful way. Earlier this year, I saw a commercial for a campaign in Canada that is simply encouraging people to eat together. Seems like a small thing. But the work of repairing the world is most often done in simple things, in everyday acts by people like us who are gathered here. What I loved most about the commercial was the simple act of setting out a table not knowing, not knowing who is going to come. And as you see it now, let it open up a vision for you of what you can do with the power of God in you, in your little corner of the world, in your everyday life, to gather people, together, in loving and in generous ways, in the loving and generous way that God gathers all of us at this table today.